Hello, hello. I am back. After last week's episode, I wasn't too sure because for the first time I tried editing and I'm not too sure it went as well as I anticipated. But I don't want to give up too soon. And so I thought today I would have a more gentle episode just to get back into the swing of things because last week we did talk a lot about very deep and quite heavy topics I would say. Today I thought we would take it back a step and look at some random questions that I've pulled off the internet and I am going to ask these questions to myself. I also thought it would be a great way of my five listeners, maybe six, I might have six by now, to get to know me a little bit. It's a fun way of finding out a little bit more about me. Here I am on the floor on a Sunday evening. I have spent the day with my dog pretty much chilling out. We went for a walk this morning and it was just so lovely. It felt very autumnal today and uh, it made me think about a potential next episode actually which is looking at resetting because it felt very crisp this morning and it made me realise I am very ready for autumn and winter. Not so much the dark evenings and the dark mornings because they can get very arduous and do struggle with darkness. I just love being all cosy. I've become a little bit more of uh, a hermit I would say this year. really found a love of just being in my house and my house is my safe space. Being at home, being cosy with my blankets and with my dog with you know a hot drink which actually I'm drinking uh, a hot drink now which I want to share with you because it's actually really de- delicious. Um, it's a pucker. I started drinking it uh, every evening because it's caffeine free and I need anything that will help me get to sleep but it's spearmint hemp seed oil and I'm hoping I'm going to pronounce this this right ashwanda ashwanda that might be wrong. Don't come for me if I'm wrong. But either way, it's uh, a very gentle tea. And I recommend it. It's very delicious. So if anyone's struggling to chill out in the evenings, then grab yourself one of these pucker Peace teas because they are magical. Um, but going back to uh, the autumnal feeling, I do feel that over the last few weeks, I have almost had a reset. And it's something that I will share in possibly my next episode maybe just to maybe share a few pearls of wisdom that I found with the transition from summer to autumn although it has been a fairly weird transition because we've had some odd warm days where I've woken up one day thinking right I'm ready for jumpers boots scarves everything that's woolen and then the next day it's a heat wave and I'm in shorts and a vest top going to the beach for a sea swim. Yeah, it's been a weird transition from that season to season. I do feel this morning when I went for a walk with Purdy that autumn finally has hit. Has hit me anyway. I'm ready for it. I am totally ready for it. Today's episode is, as I said, very gentle. Uh, I thought it might be quite a fun way to get to know me, your host of this podcast, which If you've not listened to my first and second episode yet, then um, welcome. My name is Jodie. I am from Cornwall and this podcast is 
just a space for me to witter on about anything and everything. And I literally mean anything and everything. To think to get some guests on as well. There there are actually a couple lined up. Once I've got into the into the swing of podcasting, then we will bring them on. I'm also looking at doing a special Halloween episode. Now, I don't know if you already follow me on Instagram, but I am on Instagram. It's uh, I am nobody podcast. I think if you just search for that, it will come up. And I'm asking my followers to send me any stories about paranormal experiences that they may have had, um, whether that's, you know, they've seen a ghost or they're maybe sensitive to things around them or just a story that's a bit spooky because I thought it might be quite fun to read that out on a Halloween special episode at the end of the month. So if you have something, please send me an email or DM me on Instagram. Uh, All the details for both my email and my Instagram will be in the notes to this episode. So go and find them in there and then please do get in touch because I would love to hear some spooky tales. I do have some of my own actually, so I will will share some. But yes, if you have any, please send them in. Let's move swiftly on to the first question that I pulled off the internet. What is your favourite place on earth? Okay, so when I first saw this question, my immediate answer to this, and to those who know me, uh, who follow me on Cornish Ramblings, which is my other side hustle, uh, my walking group, you will already know the answer to this because I go on and on and on about this place all the time. But it is a place in Cornwall that is very special to me. Uh, It's very special to my nan. We have family from around there uh, and it's just a beautiful place. Anytime I need to go somewhere to clear my head, I will head to this place. So the favourite place on earth for me would be St Agnes and Wheelcoats. So St Agnes and Wheelcoats is on the north coast of Cornwall. And as part of my ramblings, my walking ramblings, It is a place that I tend to go whenever I need space, whenever I need to watch a really, really good sunset because it is, oh, it's just otherworldly. It's so beautiful up there. It overlooks just an expanse of sea and it's one of the most beautiful places I am so lucky to have on my doorstep. I tend to do a little circular walk around there. It's about three miles uh, from St Agnes Head. It's got a great car park. It's free, which is always a bonus. I walk along the coast to Wheelcoats and down along to the bottom part of the coast uh, towards a place called Chapel Porth, which is a lovely little cove um, and beach. It's just, it's very popular, very busy. So if you go in, in peak times, be warned, you may not be able to park because the car park's not that big, but the um, it's a very popular place for surfers and sea swimmers. And also they have a cafe there where they do something called the Hedgehog, which is a ice cream, vanilla ice cream with a lump of clotted cream on top and then some chocolate buttons shoved in it to make it look like a hedgehog. And I think it actually has some nuts on it as well, if I'm not too wrong. So yeah, if you ever go to Chapel Porth, I recommend one of those hedgehog ice creams from the cafe because it is 
chef's kiss. So yes, I tend to walk all the way down to Chapel Porth and then I walk along the bottom coast path past uh, the engine house at Wilcoats. It's just spectacular. It's one of the most magical places I have ever been and I recommend it wholeheartedly. So yeah, that would be my favourite place on earth. I'm sure there are plenty of other places that are just as special to me. You know, I love the Lake District. Uh, that is definitely somewhere that has a part of my heart. But I haven't done a lot of travelling, so there's still many, many places left for me to find. But if I had to pick one place, it would definitely be St Agnes Head, Wilcoats and Chapel Porth. Okay, so the second question, what is the best thing you've read in the last five years? Now, I said over the last five years, I haven't done as much reading as I have hoped I had done or had intended to do. Unfortunately, my mental health has been on a journey and my ability to sit down and read a book has just, it's its just not been there. The momentum of picking up the book and reading it has just not been there until recently. Over the last five years, I probably have only read, I would say, five books which is shocking in comparison to what I used to read. I used to be reading, I don't know, five books a month. It was an addiction. You know, I love, love reading. But as I said, due to my mental health and just life, I stopped picking up a book and it wasn't my go-to. And recently I have made an effort to pick up a book and read it. And within the last year, I have read three books that would definitely be up there on my books that have stayed with me that I would definitely read over and over again because I just love them so much. So the first book would be, I've got it here with me because I'm going to read you the the blurb on the back so you can um, know what it's about without me giving too much away because if you haven't read these books I recommend them. So the first book is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. And it's by someone called Taylor Jenkins Reid. And I love this book. I literally read it within, I think, three days, maybe. I took it away with me when I went somewhere uh, for work and I read it on the train. It was just, I was just so engrossed in it. It was, it was a great book. I'm just going to read the back of it to you. So reclusive Hollywood icon Evelyn Hugo is finally ready to tell the truth about her glamorous and scandalous life. Ooh. But when she chooses unknown magazine reporter Monique Grant to write her story, no one is more astounded than Monique herself. From making her way to Los Angeles in the 1950s to leaving show business in the 80s, and of course, the seven husbands along the way, Evelyn unspools a tale of ruthless ambition, unexpected friendship and a great forbidden love. But as Evelyn's story nears its conclusion, it becomes clear that her life intersects with Monique's own in tragic and irreversible ways. Dun, dun, dun. I just love this book so much. Every single character in it just had me gripped and the twists were great and I just I just love this book so much. So if you've not read it, please do. Okay, the second book that I have read and that has stuck with me, I actually think I read this one a few years ago now that I come to think about it. But um, the second book is The Salt Path and the author is Raina Wynn. I think I'm saying her name right, apologies if I'm not. So this book was recommended to me, but also I very fortunately met the author when I took part in 
a charity event at the Eden Project and she was there doing a talk on this book. As soon as I'd left the Eden Project, I think I went and and bought it straight away because she was just so inspirational. Um, So I'm going to read the back of this book and if you haven't read this, I absolutely recommend this one. Just days after Raina Wynne learned that Moth, her husband of 32 years, was terminally ill, they lost their home and livelihood. With nothing left and little time, they impulsively decided to walk the 630-mile southwest coast path from Somerset to Dorset via Devon and Cornwall. Living wild and free, at the mercy of the sea and sky, they discovered a new, liberating existence. But what would they find at the journey's end? Just reading that's given me goosebumps. Not only was I interested in this because it's about walking along the 630-mile southwest coast path and the fact that Cornwall is involved, but it was just so inspiring. I cried quite a bit, I'm not going to lie, but it was just one of those books that has stuck with me and I think I might read it again at some point soon because, not that I've forgotten it, but I feel like it's one of those books that I need to just keep rereading to give me that that inspiration so yes if you've not read that one I recommend it. The third book that I've read um, recently and it's one that I read thanks to TikTok (laughs) or BookTok as it's called. It has been great for book recommendations. Now if you use TikTok or if you use social media in general then you'll probably be aware of this author She's called Colleen Hoover. The first two books I read were her It Ends With Us and It Starts With Us. Now, I love those books. Really, really love those books. But they are not the um, two that I would say go out and buy them straight away. Because the third book I read of hers was Verity. And that one blew my mind. I literally read it in one day. So I'm going to read the back of this book uh, for you now. So you can get an idea of what it's about if you've not read it. And if you've not read it, then please do because it's fantastic. Okay so Lowen Ashley is a struggling writer on the brink of financial ruin when she accepts the job of a lifetime. Jeremy Crawford, husband of best-selling author Verity Crawford, has hired Lowen to complete the remaining books in a successful series his injured wife is unable to finish. Lowen arrives at the Crawford home ready to sort through years of Verity's notes and outlines hoping to find enough material to get her started. What Lowen doesn't expect to uncover in the chaotic office is an unfinished autobiography Verity never intended for anyone to read. Page after page of bone-chilling admissions, including Verity's recollection of what really happened the day her daughter died. Lowen decides to keep the manuscript hidden from Jeremy, knowing its contents would devastate the already grieving father. But as Lowen's feelings for Jeremy begin to intensify, she recognises all the ways she could benefit if he were to read his wife's words. After all, no matter how devoted Jeremy is to his injured wife, a truth this horrifying would would make it impossible for him to continue to love her. I know, right? That book, that would probably be my number one book that I've read ever. That one and Evelyn Hugo. They are two of my favourite books and I recommend them wholeheartedly. The next question that I thought would follow on quite nicely after the three books that I've read would be, what is your favourite movie of all time? Okay, I found this question really hard to answer because one of my hobbies is watching films and series. I love spending time finding a good film, finding a good series and just letting myself 
disappear into that the same as a book really I just love to find something that I can get engrossed in and so I've watched quite a few films over the years but one film that has stuck with me is one that links in to other facets of my life Um, and by that I mean my favourite actress or one of my favourite actresses and one of my favourite authors The film that I absolutely love is The Hours. Now, this film, it's not a a jolly film. It's uh, quite a serious film, but it's a very, very beautiful film that I just absolutely adore. So my one of my favourite actresses is Nicole Kidman, and she actually plays the role of one of my favourite authors, Virginia Woolf. So I'm just going to read you the synopsis of this movie. But if you've yet to watch it, then I definitely recommend it. But trigger warning, it is a heavy film. It does deal with a lot of serious um, topics such as, again, trigger warning, uh, suicide. So I definitely would watch this when you're in a good when you're in a good place. But it is just an absolute masterpiece. And the music is incredible. I think the composer is Oliver Glass. I think that's, no, Philip Glass. Philip Glass, that's his name. And it's just absolutely stunning. And it's a very evocative film and one that will stay with you, I believe. So, I mean, a life of three very different individuals, all of whom share the feeling that they have been living their lives for someone else. Virginia Woolf lives in a suburb of London in the 1920s as she struggles to begin writing her first great novel, Mrs Dalloway, while also attempting to overcome the mental illness that threatens to engulf her. Laura Brown, and Laura Brown is played by Julianne Moore. Laura Brown, a young wife and mother in post-World War II Los Angeles, is reading Mrs Dalloway and is so deeply affected by it that she begins to question the life she has chosen for herself. Finally, Clarissa Vaughan, and this character is played by Meryl Streep. Finally, Clarissa Vaughan is a modern-day Mrs Dalloway in contemporary New York, planning a party for her friend and former lover who is slowly losing his fight with AIDS. Three women, separated by a span of nearly 80 years, find themselves weathering similar crises, all linked by a single work of literature. It's just sublime moving on to my next question what is the best concert you have ever been to so I have been to a few concerts not a lot but I have been to a few and there are two concerts that will stick with me forever so the first one I am so happy that I have been to is Celine Dion now before you judge me (laughs) Celine Dion is one of my top top artists she's just phenomenal and I love everything about her I yeah so I went to see her in Hyde Park a few years ago and although she was probably the size of a borrower because I was quite far back just being in that same space as her was incredible and I remember hearing the music starting and we were stood right in front of a Um, screen so you could see her really clearly on the screen even though I couldn't see her very clearly in person. I remember the music starting and suddenly her voice and I just burst into tears, literally burst into tears because I was living out this 
dream that I've wanted for so many years. You know, I've loved Celine Dion's music since I was five, I think. And her music has always been there for me at the times when I've needed something. So usually when I'm feeling sad or when I'm feeling a certain emotion, she'll release a song or an album and suddenly I'm just like, it's all good, I'm fine. Um, so she is a huge part of my life with regards to the music and I'm a big music buff. I love music and I have it on all the time. And I probably listen to Celine Dion at least three times a week, possibly more. But yes, she is an important part of my life and seeing her on stage was just a huge highlight for me and a moment I will never forget. So that would probably be the best concert I've ever been to because it's Celine Dion. But the second best concert I've been to is a band that uh, I grew up listening to thanks to my parents and it's the Eagles. So my mum and I went all the way up to London, um, all the way up to London, you can tell I'm Cornish, <laughs> but we went to London and stayed with one of my friends and it was just so fun and being able to see the Eagles on stage and especially Hotel California because that song means so much to me because it's a song that makes me think of my parents and just being a child and singing along with them and especially with dad and you know we'd go and visit my gran me my dad and my sister we would usually have that song on we would just scream it at the top of our lungs I would be on the drums and my dad would be on the drums you know obviously not the real drums the air drums and we would just be singing our little hearts out together so they are a significant part of me and my childhood so being able to see them on stage was incredible and they sounded amazing it was like just having a cd on they were yeah fantastic so those would be my two best concerts that I've ever been to and then linking on to that what would be my favorite karaoke song now I don't do karaoke anymore because I don't know why but as I've gotten older my singing voice I mean I don't claim to be able to sing in the slightest I I think I'm also slightly tone deaf I used to love singing as a kid and I was I would say I'm fairly musical in the fact that I can pick up things by listening to it so I can pick up tunes just by listening to it but if you put a sheet of music in front of me I couldn't tell you what it what it said or the notes or anything I cannot read sheet music no matter how hard my violin teacher at, at primary school tried to teach me I just couldn't do it but I can pick up the notes and play along to things which uh, my mum will always bring it up when I talk about music because I used to have this little mini keyboard that I don't even know how old I was I must have been six five or six and I would sit there listening to the radio and just play my keyboard along to the songs <laughs> and yeah I thought it was great I I used to like karaoke when I was going out in my 20s and there was a a place in Truro called I think was it called Chicago Rock we would just all have drinks and get on the karaoke machine and it would be the best time ever and my go-to karaoke song was always if I could turn back time I share <laughs> don't ask me why but I just love that song and know it word for word like even now I could probably st stand up and sing it without listening to it but um share if I could turn back time would always be my go-to karaoke song maybe I need to bring it back maybe I need to get get out and do some karaoke and bring out bring out share again watch this space Okay, my next question. I don't know what number question we're on now, but there are a few to go, so I'm going to hurry this up. So the next question, I'm not going to go into much details about this because this might be... No, I think this will be um, an episode that I'll do because it's quite a big 
quite a big thing. So what am I most afraid of? The answer to that would probably be at this moment in time that I won't become a mum. I am a single gay 37 year old woman (laughs) and the chances of me getting pregnant like naturally conceiving are slim to none. I am worried that it won't happen um, but I'm also in the I need to manifest these things and I need to know that it will happen because being a mum is something that I've wanted to be for as long as I can remember. I'm not afraid of doing it by myself I'm just afraid that it won't happen so as I said I think that will be something I'll cover in in another episode because I don't know many podcasts that talk about single gay women looking to start a family by themselves so it's definitely going to be something that I want to I want to talk about more and kind of share my journey about how that will go with anyone that may find it of interest so again watch this space because It's definitely something I want your perfect day be like. So this question for me, I started to overthink it because it depends on things like the weather (laughs) or the time of year or how much money I have. But I think if I had to pick a perfect day, I probably have three perfect days and they all include walking, of course. But I think where I'm cozy vibes and spending time with my close friends and my family I don't need much at the moment so my perfect day would probably would probably be to get up and have a nice delicious breakfast probably avocado on toast with everything but the bagel seasoning which is an American seasoning from Trader Joe's and I bought it on Amazon it was quite expensive but it was worth worth every single pound I paid because it's delicious and it just adds to your avocado on toast Um, and then I would probably put a couple of poached eggs on top as well because mm, yum and then I would probably have my breakfast with a big coffee because I do like a nice coffee in the mornings and then I will probably read for a bit and slowly bring myself around after a good night's sleep hopefully Um, and then I will get myself ready load Purdy in the car and head to the coast and have a nice long walk either by myself with a friend or potentially with Cornish Ramblings because I do always feel so so happy when I've been out for a walk with my group. Um, I would then have a nice lunch somewhere potentially with a friend um, or I might suggest a picnic because I do love a picnic and then I would come home and I would have a pamper shower. Now by pamper shower I mean face mask, hair mask, shaving from head to toe, body scrubs, exfoliations, all of it and just feel very pampered and just a bit indulgent in looking after my my skin and my hair. And then I would get into some cozy pajamas or some joggers and probably get on the sofa with Purdy and watch a film because that to me it would just cover all bases from having a nice slow morning, getting outside being in nature, being around people, being around the people that I love, being outside and breathing in the fresh air, probably going for a sea swim actually in that because sea swimming for me is is a big part of my life now. I love I love getting in the water. And then home in my safe space with my beautiful beautiful dog putting a film on because to me that is just a perfect day. Or I think if I had to change ever so slightly I might put a spa afternoon evening into that (laughs) I do love going for a spa day I love doing it with my close friends and we just 
head to a hotel and indulge in everything spa related I would definitely have an Indian head massage I'd probably actually have a full body massage because why not then we would go and have some yummy food and then have a sleepover because although I'm in my late 30s I still love having sleepovers with my friends there's nothing better than just getting your loved ones together and getting some yummy nibbles and just sitting down together giggling talking about nonsense putting the world to rights watching stand-up on Netflix and just having a cozy evening together that would be perfect for me I'd love to do that and my third perfect day would be going for a road trip I love driving I love getting in the car putting on a podcast putting on some music and just going for a road trip and I think because I do that most weekends with Cornish Ramblings you know I'm all over Cornwall and I love just getting in my car and going for a a drive and then getting to a destination where I can go and have an adventure so I don't know what that would entail exactly but I would definitely find a road trip would be a perfect perfect day for me my next question is it ever okay to lie now I find <laughs> I'm a rubbish liar so I couldn't I couldn't lie to anyone even if you paid me because I would get awkward I wouldn't be able to look at you I'd probably get bright red and start sweating so I'm rubbish at lying but what I am good at is white lies and they are white lies that I would tell for the greater good so if it's a surprise birthday party something that would be for the greater good and that would make someone happy I'm okay with that but when it comes to to lying for the sake of it or just because you're a nasty person then absolutely no way it is not okay to lie okay next question how many close friends is ideal Now, when I was younger, I thought I needed to have loads and loads of friends because I needed to look popular. I needed to have friends from all over the place that I could go out with because I thought it was important to have people surrounding me. But what I didn't realise was that these people now are the kinds of friends that I could call up any time of day or night and they would be there for me no matter what and vice versa. They could call me up at four o'clock in the morning and say, Jode, I need you. And I would be there, no questions asked. I think for a long time, I thought having a lot of friends was important. Whereas now I know that it's not the quantity of friends, it's the quality. And I'm not saying that the friends I've had in the past haven't brought anything to my life because they have. And every single person I've known or know has played a role in my life. And they have been there because I've needed them and I've wanted them. But I think over time you lose contact with those friends because of various different reasons. Not because you don't like each other anymore, but just because things change. Life changes. You grow up. You move away. You get new jobs that take you away from your ability to see each other as you once were you start a family you get married you know there's there's all these different factors that can change a friendship whereas now the friends that I have there is nothing that could change the way that we are within our friendship by that I mean I know I could move to the other side of the world and continue to have the same level of friendship as I do now with my friends because we could go 
days without seeing one another, but I know that I could pick up the phone and they would answer. And it would be as if I'd only seen them yesterday. And I would say that I've got six friends that I would call my ride or dies. And they are the friends that will be in my life forever. They are my family. I will love them until I die. And we always say, even when we are no longer on this earth, we will be ghost friends. (laughs) They give me everything I need. You know, I'm very fortunate that I have a relationship like I do with my friends. And my second, my next question actually is, do you you believe in soulmates? And I do, but I also believe that you have more than one soulmate and they can be platonic soulmates. And my friends are my soulmates. It doesn't have to be romantic to have a soulmate. My friends are my absolute world and I'm not going to cry, am I? (laughs) But I just think it's important to have those kinds of friends in your life it doesn't matter that you you know you don't need to have hundreds of friends or thousands of followers on Instagram to feel that you are worthy you can find that in a couple of people and I have which I'm I'm very grateful for so I've already answered do you believe in soulmates and again this is a this is a question that I want to cover in another episode because I do believe in platonic soulmates and also dating your friends. This is something that I put on social media the other day because my friend Tanya and I went on a friend date (laughs) and it was it was lovely. It was everything and more. I believe that you should date your friends. So I'm going to talk about that in another episode. What did teachers used to say about you about you on your report card? And is it still true? When I was at school, there were reoccurring words that were used to describe me on my report card at every parent's evening it was always the same (laughs) and I actually have a friend who is one of my ramblers and she's become a very good friend of mine now and she also used to be my secondary school teacher so she can vouch for this but the two words that would describe me best on my report card were daydreamer and chatty and I would say that they are very much true to this day especially the daydreamer part because I think it's a really important trait to have and I think it's a skill and I think a lot of creative people are daydreamers so I'm going to take it as a positive but it is something that was mentioned as a reoccurring thing on my report card that Jodie spent a lot of time daydreaming out of the window and to be fair I still do it now. My teachers also used to uh, say to me that I spent far too much time chatting (laughs) and again it's something that I definitely do hence why I now have a podcast. I would say that it's all still very true. So the next question is What is your strictest boundary in relationships? Boundaries are a new thing for me. Setting boundaries, keeping boundaries is not something I have been great at doing and it is not one of my strengths but it is something that I have started doing over the last 18 months. It's been hard but I do feel that it's that it's important to have these boundaries, to know your worth and to to know when someone is trying to push against them that it's not you being horrible but that it's someone not appreciating your boundaries and vice versa. Again this is something that I want to go into more details about but I'd said 
I have learnt recent importance of having space. Now I've been in a few relationships over the years. One recently made me realise how important it is to have space from one another. Having that boundary of knowing I can turn around and say look I can't see you today because I need some time to myself. I'll see you tomorrow if that's okay. And and having that confidence to say that without feeling that you're hurting someone's feelings, which as a people pleaser, I find really, really difficult to say to someone, I want to see you, but I'm needing some space today. Can we make it tomorrow or next week? Or, you know, I'm going to be off my phone. I'm not going to text you for a few hours because, you know, I need a bit of headspace. Being able to say that without feeling bad because the other person might be sad. It's something that I've I've struggled with, but I've realised how important having space from people is. And that's not just a partner, that's your family, your friends, you know, work colleagues, taking annual leave and actually having time away from work and having that space. It's very important and setting those boundaries and not, you know, answering a text from a colleague if it's a work-related question or you know, just having those those boundaries, those professional boundaries, it's very important. So for me, I would say my strictest boundary has become being able to say I need space and for the other person to appreciate why I'm asking for it and that it's not a bad thing. The next question, what is your love language? So when I first started looking into love languages because again this is not something that I really knew about growing up you know I didn't really know what love languages was I didn't I don't even know when it started to become a thing that you had love languages Um, but I think there is five in total so words of affirmation quality time gift giving acts of service and physical touch I think I like to know that someone is there physically I am very tactile with people and I think I need to be close to people to know that they're they're there if that makes sense but I I find um, physical touch is probably the top type of love love language and examples of that could be hugs um, it could be just having a kiss on the cheek it could just be someone holding your hand or sitting close to someone on the sofa spooning that kind of stuff but I I like that physical contact with someone and the affection for me is shown through that physical touch so I would say my second love language would probably be quality time so as much as I like to hear people say nice things to me you know you've got the words of affirmation it is lovely to receive compliments and you know little thank you notes and I love to have those little things but I think if I had to choose the two love languages it would be physical touch and quality time the definition of that is someone with this love language feels loved when attention is given in the form of togetherness such as doing activities together or just sitting side by side so I think it almost links in quite nicely with that physical touch because you're spending quality time together and you're doing so through various activities you know going on holiday talking watching telly and I think for me having those two together is very important but I wouldn't say no to a love letter (laughs) so those are the love languages I wonder what yours are have a think what would your love language be 
Okay, the next question is, are you an introvert or extrovert? Now I'm going to throw this question right out the water because I'm neither. <laughs> I would say I am an ambivert. Now I would definitely say that I am a bit of both with regards to introvert or extrovert. So, um, but I couldn't say that I am one or the other, which is why I call myself an ambivert, which again is a term that I recently found out because I couldn't couldn't decide if I was introverted or extroverted because I'm a bit of both. I kind of sit in the middle of that. And through doing a bit of research, I found out that I am actually an ambivert. So looking at the definitions of each, an extrovert is someone who draws energy from being around people. They like to be out and about, attending social events and engaging with others. An extrovert may be called a people person. An introvert is someone who draws energy from quiet reflection. They're happy spending time alone or with one or two people they feel close to. Often they need some alone time to recharge after being in a group social setting. Introverts are sometimes accused of being shy or antisocial, but those aren't actually introvert traits. Someone who identifies as an introvert may enjoy people, but prefer to interact in small doses. And they're generally not fans of small talk, preferring deeper and more meaningful conversations. Now, I think I probably lean more to the introverted side, but I have quite an extroverted social life with regards to you know going out and meeting new people on my rambles I'm nine times out of ten doing something with a friend I like going out I like going to social situations or events etc I find them quite draining and so for me I need that quiet time the alone time to just recharge and fill up my battery again so that's where ambivert comes in um, because ambiverts are in the middle. They may lean more toward extroverted or introverted behaviour depending on the situation. And so I would say I would definitely be an ambivert. So what are you? Are you an introvert or extrovert? Or are you like me and kind of sit in the middle and sway between them both? It's quite an interesting concept. Okay, if you could have a conversation with your younger self, what advice would you give? So this one... Again, I started to overthink and get quite deep with, but I've decided I don't want to answer it too intrinsically because I might cover this in another episode. I don't know. I have two things that probably link together that I would say to my younger self. One of those would be that it all turns out okay. And I think with that, I'm talking about the journey that I've been on with my mental health, with my sexuality, the relationships I've had, the friendships I've had the jobs I've been in and not been in and I think if I could go back and say to my younger self anything it would be you will be okay and also that you don't need to be afraid. I think that's something I have to keep reminding myself because I'm a big catastrophizer and I think I find it really easy to get myself frightened of situations and throughout my life there's been many things that I have felt afraid of and the decisions I've made and the relationships I've been in and all sorts of things that have happened over my life that I've thought oh god you know I am I am afraid of this but now looking back I would go back to my younger self and I'd be you don't need to be afraid it will be fine you will turn out okay <laughs> next question what are the two compliments that you love to hear about yourself <laughs> so the first thing that comes to mind would be if someone turned around and said, you smell nice, which sounds weird, but I pride myself on 
having nice smelling hair and good perfume that people will be like, oh, what are you wearing? Or that my clothes smell nice. Or, you know, when I give someone a hug, they're just like, oh, you smell familiar and cozy and lovely. And I think if someone turns around and says to me, you smell nice, I just feel happy. And it makes me feel really good about myself. And it would probably make my entire day. And another compliment I like to hear is that I am funny. (laughs) And I think that's because I like to make people laugh. I'm not saying that I'm a funny person to that extent. I just know that I have a bit of a funny side to me where I think I have a little bit of sarcastic humour, which not everybody gets. I do find that when I'm with my friends and my family, I tend to make people giggle. Being told that I'm a funny person is... I just like to I just like to think that I'm making people happy. So that would definitely be a compliment. And then I think probably my eyeliner. So I have worn the kind of flick eyeliner, the liquid eyeliner for a number of years now. And I do quite often get that compliment of your eyes look lovely. And it always makes me happy, no matter how many times I've had it with regards to the eyeliner and how oh, your eyeliner looks really symmetrical or how did you get your eyeliner to do that? I will never get bored of hearing that because for me, putting my eyeliner on every day is, it's just something that I enjoy doing and having someone compliment me on it, just it just makes me happy. So yes, those would be my three compliments of choice. If you could choose one superpower, what would it be? First of all, I thought flying would be my superpower because who wouldn't want to fly? I'm not scared of, of heights. So for me, being able to fly... I just think that feeling of freedom and being able to soar through the air and I just think that would be amazing. I also think apparition would be an amazing superpower to have and that's technically like flying, just quicker. (laughs) So I think if I had to choose one superpower, it would be that I could teleport myself anywhere in the world because not only is it environmentally friendly because I wouldn't be using transport, I could go anywhere for free. (laughs) So if I wanted to wake up one day and go to Scotland, I could just, however you teleport, my way up to to Scotland and spend the day up there and come back again, all within one day. Whereas from Cornwall, it would take probably an entire day just to get there. So yeah, I think apparition would be an amazing superpower. And it also means I could see several people in one day. How amazing would that be? So yes, apparition. And finally, my last question, and I thought this one was quite a fun question to end on because those of you who have watched Harry Potter or or are Harry Potter fans will probably have already done this quiz. Um, I did the quiz, the what Hogwarts house are you in? And surprisingly, <laughs> I am in Slytherin. I'm going to take that as a good thing because when I looked at the description of what that means to be a Slytherin, I kind of think it's, it's, the description is fairly close to who I am. So a Slytherin, if the sorting hat placed you in this noble house, then you are most likely ambitious, shrewd and possibly destined for greatness. I don't think I'm shrewd, but others may disagree. We can imagine you're the kind of person who is always one step ahead, has a dark sense of humour. Yeah, I definitely have that. Thinks reputation is important. Mm, Maybe in some instances. Uh, Takes pride in their appearance and doesn't let anyone see their soft side. So I would say that three quarters of that is definitely like hits the nail on the head. 
I take pride in my appearance and by that as I've said already I like to smell nice I like my hair to, to be nice I like my eyeliner to look good so I do take pride in my appearance um doesn't let anyone see their soft side mm, I would say it depends on the time of the month because <laughs> I cry a lot and I sometimes can't help that and I've got to the point now where you know I wear my heart on, the, on my sleeve so I would say that I'm definitely the opposite of that because I'm quite happy for people to see my soft side. That's probably only my close friends or the people I work with or my family. If it was a stranger or someone that I just met, then I probably would be a bit more closed off and wouldn't want them to see my soft side. So maybe, maybe a little bit. But yes, my Hogwarts house is Slytherin. So if you have yet to take the quiz, then I recommend it because it's, it's a bit fun. Okay, so that is the questions. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that's given you a little insight into me and it was just a bit of fun. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed recording this um, episode and I hope you enjoyed listening. I am planning to share my next episode within the next week or two. This will be my autumn reset and I will also be sharing a special episode as I said at the start of this one. I would love to share some spooky stories uh, for a Halloween special. So if you have anything that you could share where you may have seen something that is unexplainable or a bit frightening, share it with me because I would love to talk about it on my Halloween episode. You can get in contact with me via Instagram or via email and all the details will be in the notes of this episode. You can also uh, follow me on Spotify and Apple podcasts and uh, if you click the little notification it will tell you when each episode is being released. I will try and get better at making it more consistent so that you know when each episode will come out but for now thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and have a great week and I will speak to you soon. Bye!